0: Hello everyone. Oh my gosh, this is such a long time coming. Um honestly, I have always thought about doing a podcast, but I wasn't sure when that would happen, how that would happen. But here I am in my room back home in Frisco, Texas, at my desk recording this podcast, and it's very surreal. But I'm so excited to share this with you all. So I kind of want to talk about how this podcast came to be. So I always obviously had the idea of starting one. I just did not know the specifics. Um, but I have a ministry called Take Thought. And Take Thought is a mission that seeks to understand the church and mental health And all things mental illness and what that looks like. So I started this ministry as a blog, and then it turned into a chapel on my college campus. So that's been really cool to see, just cultivate and develop and grow. But um, I am excited to turn this into more of a podcast route um, and take this journey with everybody. So I was also greatly inspired by Maddie Blaine. She hosts the podcast Influence-ish. And I was actually on my drive home from college this past year. And um, I was just trying to reflect on the year and all it had taught me. But I didn't know how to process any of it. I didn't know how to think through things, how to talk through things. And so I was like, you know what, I just need to listen to a podcast, like kind of distract myself, get my mind off of the reality that I'm leaving and that things are changing. And I happened to listen to Maddie Blaine's podcast. Um, and let me pull up the exact title of the podcast episode that I listened to. So you guys can go find it and listen to it. But, um, let's see, okay, I listened to the podcast called The Bad News, Life is Changing, The Good News, Life is Changing, and it spoke to me so much in that moment. I mean, she just talked about what change looks like and how hard it can be, but how beautiful it can be and how much fruit comes from it, and we may not often see that fruit, But it is evidence that the Lord is working in our lives. So I was very encouraged by that. And that led me to the rest of my drive home, almost literally the rest of my drive. I turned on my voice memos and I just started. I just started processing. I started talking through everything that I've been through this year. And oh my gosh, it was so therapeutic. It was so good to just sit and drive in a straight line on my drive home on I-20 and breathe. It felt like a breath of fresh air, like just renewal inside of my heart. (laughs) And that's what I needed in that moment was to talk to myself, to preach the gospel to myself in those moments, and to talk to God in a sense of he knows everything. And so I'm going to tell him everything. That's going on. I'm going to be transparent with him. I'm going to be honest with him. And that is something that I've been struggling with recently is like, how do I tell God everything, even though he already knows everything? And I'm learning that in this season, like, friendship with God is really sweet. And even though your friend may know something from another friend, like, he wants to hear it from his source he wants to hear it from his child so might as well just tell him what's on your heart what's on your mind uh, to bring glory to him in that way that he is good in all circumstances in every situation he is good and he is faithful and he is dependable so thank you Maddie for inspiring me to just accept the change that was coming and to process it and to grieve it but also to move forward and i think me processing that on my car ride home is how i can now understand what's going on this past year and how i'm able to move forward so i well that being said I am going to do a life update at the beginning of these podcasts. Also, I should say, I don't know how often I'm going to post these. I don't know what my schedule is going to look like, especially because I'm leaving for camp soon. So, each podcast will definitely begin with a life update for a little bit, and then I'll go into more content. So, please, guys, let me know what you would like to hear, if you're listening, if you've made it this far, (laughs) If you're not bored yet, um, please let me know what you guys would like to hear on the podcast. And I would like to keep it related to mental health, mental illness, but also I want to talk about my life too, because it's my podcast. So, life update. I am back home, been home for about a week now, and I'm leaving for summer camp, staff training next Wednesday. So I work at a summer camp called Sky Ranch. That is the camp that I grew up going to. And so it's really come full circle that I get to go serve at this place that has served me so well and has loved me so well in some of my darkest moments, but in also some of my happiest moments. So I'm very excited to go serve there. Um, That will be at the back end of summer when I am going. I am a second half assistant counselor. So right now, I'm just chilling, going to staff training, and then I'll be home for the month of June. So that's kind of me right now. How I'm really doing, I am struggling being at home. Home is super lonely for me. Uh, It's not like college at all. At school, I'm surrounded by friends who uplift me and who support me and who know me and cherish me and value me. And at home, it's not that I don't have the same support from my family. It's just that it's a different environment. And I'm home alone a lot because my parents work and my siblings are in school. So this is me um, just learning satisfaction in the Lord and not replacing him with other things. Not having my alone time, so much of it that I have right now, eat at me and convince me to believe lies that I'm alone, and that no one loves me, no one cares for me, those type of things. So um, that's been hard, is dealing with lies that the enemy loves to just, you know, sneak up on me when I'm alone and by myself, but I'm learning how to be satisfied in Jesus in him alone and filling up my time with him. And what it looks like to have time with him, other than just reading scripture and studying it and being so academic about it. Um, What it looks like to truly have a relationship with Christ and to be a friend of God. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm learning right now. But the main part of this podcast is going to be talking about things that I learned my first year in college. So... I go to Abilene Christian University, which is about three hours west of here. I am a child and family services major with a minor in psychology and Bible. So, that being said, (laughs) I have had quite an experience at college. It had so many, so many challenges. Like, definitely very difficult, very trying. College is hard. And I'm going to be frank with y'all about that one, because a lot of people romanticize it
1: um, on social media, and that's not
0: the reality. College is hard, but Jesus is so good, and community is so good, and classes are so good, and there is so much goodness, even in the hard things. Um, so look for the fruit. <laughs> I would encourage y'all with that one, um, and make note of the fruit as well. So here are seven things I learned my first year, freshman year of college at Abilene Christian University. Number one, I learned how to have healthy alone time. So before college, high school, I spent my alone time just kind of in my fields. Um, Suppressing my emotions, but also like letting them bubble up at the same time and then feeling them and then just kind of having an overpour of emotion. And that was not good for me at all. So I have learned to fill my anxious thoughts and to fill those sad moments with Jesus. I spent a lot of my first semester of college sitting in the dorm room. Just waiting to be satisfied by the Lord. But I was not seeking out true satisfaction from him, from his people, from the word. I was just sitting in my dorm, on my phone, expecting him to move. How can I expect God to move when I'm not doing anything about it?
1: He could if he wanted to. And he probably
0: moved in ways that I didn't see. But how do I expect that of God? Who am I to expect that of God? So second semester was a lot better because when I had my own time, I started to be more intentional about resting. And I don't mean rest by taking a nap. Um, I mean spending time with the Lord no matter how I felt that day, no matter the circumstances, intentionally carving out time to rest with Jesus. And a lot of that looked like me sitting and just writing or praying, turning on worship music. Sometimes I go on walks. Um, at ACU, we have this trail. Um, it's called the Lunsford. and. It's literally a loop around campus, but it's the perfect walking length. Um, So it's good to go on walks by yourself and to just process with God. Um, Confess to him, pray to him, get to know him, because how are you going to have a friendship with God if you don't know him? And another thing I've learned in this is that I can still be upset. And be spending time with the Lord. I don't have to be happy to spend time with the Lord. Um, I can be upset and just lay at his feet and cry to him and be like, Jesus, this is what I'm going through. And sometimes I don't even have to say anything. I can just be with him. And what a good friend he is in that. Um, another thing with this about having healthy alone time is finding out what you like to do by yourself which is has been really, really fun. Um, I've learned I like to read. Now, in high school, I didn't have time for reading. That's a whole nother like, tangent I can go off on. But in high school, I didn't have a lot of time to read. So I have picked back up reading other books in the Bible. They're mainly Christian books, and they're mainly um, or, like, family related books. Um hence my major, I love like family psychology and stuff like that. I think that's really interesting. So find out what you like to do by yourself. Um I also like to spend time outside, so maybe that's just like sitting on a bench and studying outside if it's a nice day rather than being in the library. Just kind of changing the scenery has been really good for my mental health. Um And I also love going and trying new coffee places or going shopping or just being with myself has been such a journey. Because in high school, I viewed it as depression and loneliness. But now I view it as self-care and something that um, refreshes me in a way. So that way I can be around other people. And I am by no means an introvert. I am saying this as my extroverted outgoing self. I also need alone time. So extroverts, I'm talking to you right now. Make time alone. Whether that's 30 minutes an hour, five minutes to just breathe. You can better serve other people if you have alone time. And scripture talks a lot about that, especially in the Gospels. So moving on to number two, burnout is real. I go to a Christian college. I go to church. I'm involved in on-campus ministries. I lead a chapel. So you could say Jesus is everywhere. He's only there if you let him. Uh. I got super burned out the middle of second semester um, to the point where I had to start saying no to certain things that I was asked to be a part of. Here's the thing. Don't say yes if it won't serve you too. I know that's a hot take and it's like there's this whole debate about you can pour out from an empty cup. I don't think you can.
1: You need to have something in your cup. In order to give. Um, And
0: that's been. Such a hard truth that I've had to learn. Because I've always thought like. No like if it's God glorifying. Like I need to do it. I need to lay down my life. Like this is what he has called me to. But sometimes looking. Sorry (laughs) I messed up there. But sometimes laying down
1: your life. Looks like
0: service to yourself and I'm not talking about self-gratification and like this is what makes me feel good so I'm going to do it and acting on your impulses and emotions I'm talking about serving God through self and scripture talks about how we are to care for ourselves too because we are God's temple we are chosen and precious holy and beloved in his sight so we are to care for ourselves and steward our bodies well so that they may be of service to God. So in order to be of service to God, we have to serve ourselves in a way, um, which is something I'm wrestling with still and still trying to figure out. And I know I may not have worded it well, but I hope that makes sense. Um, an example of this I have about saying no and finding things that won't serve you too. So. Um, I guess i will start with the mission trip. So I was asked to go on a mission trip, uh, through ACU. And that was something that I initially said yes to, and then ended up having to say no. I had already accepted my summer job at camp. Um, the mission trip is before camp though, and it hasn't happened yet, but I was asked to go on this mission trip. I said, yes. Then I didn't realize that I would be spending my summer serving the entire time and not allowing the Lord to fill me and prepare me for his kingdom. I would be spending the entire time sharing the gospel, and I don't want to water it down because the gospel does not deserve to be watered down. So I ended up saying no to the mission trip. Because camp was my priority and I wanted to prepare well for camp and serve camp and these kids well. So I said no to that. An example of community and ministry and um, the church serving you was when I volunteered at my church in Abilene. there, D now this uh, February. I got the privilege to be with some really sweet high school girls. And we got to talk to them and have honest and open conversation with them. And just be vulnerable with them and have them share with us what they're learning and what the Lord is teaching them. And it was very much mutual, even though we were leaders. And I don't feel like I prepared well at all for the weekend. I will say that. Maybe for like one day, I prayed about it. But I did not prepare at all for this weekend. And God still used that weekend. He still showed up. He still was present. I could not ask for a more amazing weekend with these girls. Yes, there were tough times during the weekend where I felt tired <laughs> because of lack of sleep, to be totally honest. Um, but staying up with those girls late and talking with them and just getting to know their hearts was worth it, too. And it filled me up. Them loving each other well and being in community with those girls, even though they were younger than me, it filled me up. And it just really brought together this idea of First Timothy 4.12 of, like, not looking down on youth. And instead, they were an example to me. They were so transparent with me. And this is a community that I decided to pursue further. Um, Three of the girls that uh, I got really close with that weekend, I still hang out with them when I'm in Abilene, and I am actually going to start a Bible study with them this fall uh, just to get to know each other better, build community, and grow in God's word. And I'm so excited for that um, because it's going to serve them. And it's going to serve me, which is ultimately going to serve God. Can't be one-sided. So, to
1: wrap up the second point, burnout is real. Number three, don't push
0: away your community. Slash, let them love you. So, loyalty is big for me. I am a super loyal person. I mean, I'm a six on the Enneagram. So. If that gives you any insight into why lo- why loyalty matters to me, there you go. Um, so friendship definitely ebbs and flows, and I've had more people in my life leave me than stay. So I naturally get scared to open up to people or to love people well. But more importantly, I feel like the harder
1: thing. Is for me to let them love me, for me
0: to just be like open enough to where they can love me and be my friend because it always feels like it's my responsibility and the friendships that have left me are the ones where I'm doing all the work I'm putting in the effort, I'm loving them, but I'm not letting them love me. and so I think that's why I found such sweet community this second semester is. By allowing my friends to be encouraging toward me and not me shying away from that. Yes, encouraging them, uplifting them. It's a mutual thing. But just being like, okay, sure, love me well in this moment because I do need it. And it is a reflection of Christ in them and it's really sweet to see. So a big thing, a big tip with this is if your friends offer to do something for you, Take them up on it. Go let them buy you coffee. Let them review your assignment. Just the little things. Don't say no in those areas because them serving you oftentimes will serve them in return, as the great Johnny Piper once said. It's actually John Piper, but in my (laughs) church home group, we call him Johnny Pipes. So, sorry, guys. Anyway, um, with this, true community that we have is eternal. True community does not leave. And it shows God's consistency in loving us. Yes, it'll ebb and it'll flow. And you'll have peaks and valleys in your friendships. But
1: man, if they're there for you and they love you, They will be there for a long time. I promise you that. And it will just be so
0: fruitful in the end. So, yes. Number four is to know your limits. Setting boundaries is huge. I'm currently reading the book Boundaries, so I'm learning a lot from this. But I have two major points for this one. First one say no if that's what you need. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. It's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve God
1: if you do something half-heartedly.
0: Scripture says to work heartily for the Lord, not half-heartedly. And I think that speaks for itself. The second point I have with this is that FOMO is so real, guys. Oh my gosh. I have the worst FOMO I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, it's so bad. I have to be with my friends all the time i have to be doing things with them i have to be with them and this goes into the first point of healthy alone time so yeah fomo is real but so is rest you need rest in order to hang out with people um whether for me an extrovert it doesn't take much alone time for me to feel recharged but for some people Takes a lot. Think about your introvert friends too. Um, And by giving them time to be alone while you're alone, I feel like that's really good. Number five, find a mentor. So I'm actually going to share my story about mentorship. So I have been going to a church in Abilene called Southside Baptist Church. It is the most biblical church I've come across so far. And it has served me so well, but it's glorifying to God in so many ways. And through that, um, I went to a college home group for the first time. It was literally the first week of classes. And this was in back in September. And this one girl came and she was like, hey, you need to meet my friend, Sydney. She's from Frisco as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, no way. And she was like, yeah, she's coming here soon. Cindy shows up. I meet her. We instantly click. We follow each other on Instagram, get each other's numbers, all the things. And I just really felt a connection with her from the start. So that was a really good sign. And then continue to show up to home group. It was actually at her house Then at the following week and then the rest of the year. So I got to know her, build a relationship with her. We went out to dinner, got coffee a few times, just really learned to lean on her and depend on her as a friend, um, in that she started discipling me really well and just giving really good advice and being such a good soundboard for me to process and learn and grow. Um, and she shows Jesus's love so well and is such an example for me, but, um, it was about February at this point and uh I just was like, wow. I thought in my head I was like, She is already discipling me and we haven't even talked about her discipling me. Like this is really good and this is really awesome. Um and then come end of March, early April, <laughs> I get coffee with her and sit down with her, and she's like, Is anyone discipling you? And I was like, No. And she's like, I would love to disciple you. And I was like, you're kidding. Like, this is literally such an answered prayer. And I kind of talked with her about how um, I never had a mentor in high school. And that was one thing I wanted so badly. I never had a mentor. And I always looked at these girls that I went to camp with, like finding their Pauls and being their Timothys and whatever. And I never had that. And I wanted someone to pursue me like other people were being pursued. So, that to
1: say, if you don't have a mentor, I'm not going to tell you to go
0: get one, to go seek one out. I mean, yes, seek one out, but I'm not telling you to make it your world to find a mentor because your ultimate mentor, your ultimate master is God, and we serve him. but if you don't have a mentor right now, pray. I know you've been praying about it. Keep praying because I've been praying for what? Four or five years now for a mentor and I have one. And yes, it took time. It took a long time and it was really hard at moments because I didn't have someone to turn to in the faith. But keep praying because God Rewards faithfulness, and that's what he did for me. And it was really sweet, and it still is sweet. And I'm still rejoicing. And I'm like, What the heck? Like, why, God, would you allow me to have such a good person to lean on? Um, so thank you, Sydney, for pursuing me in
1: that. Um, but also thank you, Jesus,
0: for loving me so well, with or without a mentor. Number six. The local church, join. Um, now with Southside, I'm going to talk about Southside Baptist for a little bit. I was initially drawn to my church because of the, divi- the diversity of colleges and ages. Um, within the college ministry, there's three different colleges in Abilene, and they are all represented at Southside, which was so nice because it was like a way to get away from ACU but I'm not going far at all, I'm still in Abilene, and to really just, you know, meet new people, and branch out, and get to know other people, like Sydney, she goes to hardin and and she does not go to ACU, she's a junior at HSU, so that was really cool, also ages, um, within the main service. I mean, you see so many little kids running around. It's insane. And I feel like as a college student, we're often deprived of little children and babies. So I definitely recommend getting your fill of that at the local church. Um, serving a membership. So I'll talk about membership first, but I went through the membership process at Southside. If you find a church you like and you want to stick with it, become a member. That is like the biggest thing become a member um most churches won't let you serve if you're not a member and that's how it is at Southside so be a member so you can serve the body because we are each called according to our own gifts and I'll we'll get on that topic a little more in the next point but um by serving um it's so glorifying to God. Okay, the last point I have is probably the biggest thing that has come out of freshman year, and that has changed me, and that has been so fruitful, and that is identity. I walked into freshman year as a codependent person, as someone who's reliant on others for happiness, and someone that
1: just was what other people thought they were and I have this image of myself that was
0: so people-based it was everything others saw to me just compiled into this one blob essentially in my head and I was like yeah that's me that's Catherine Lorenz whatever but no I've found such a newfound identity and I'm walking out of this last semester just in awe of how much more of an individual I've become I have become so just independent which is so weird for me to say because I was so codependent and I still have codependent tendencies for sure but it's not who I am it's not what Christ calls me Christ does not call me codependent he calls me independent in him and living for him and dependent on him not on others so that's been huge is stepping out of my codependent tendencies taking time for myself having healthy alone time like all these things like knowing my limits and boundaries discovering those throughout college and I'm so thankful to God for the new identity also with this I have found an amazing group of friends. These friends
1: did not come until March. (laughs) So I'm being real with y'all. Like, friends take time.
0: But the friends that I have love me for Catherine. They don't love me because of someone else's idea of me or because I'm in their sorority. They love me because. They like me and they like my personality and they like my quirks and they even like understand my shortcomings and my weaknesses and they, you know, are quick to point out strength in the middle of my weakness, strength in Christ. And I think that is such a beautiful thing. And no, I'm not looking to seek their approval, uh, in this, but it is so sweet to have friends that accept you in your silliness and your craziness, um, and in my shortcomings. So, identity and finding friends that love me for who I was helped me more to discover myself is what I'm trying to get out there is like I discovered myself and who I am in Christ because I had friends that pointed me toward that and just loved my quirks honestly um there are so many things that I am in Jesus and it's so evident throughout scripture so that's why reading his word is huge but my
1: identity in Christ is. So much more than I could ask, think, or imagine. Um,
0: I am loved. And I can say that confidently now. Before this year, I think I would have been like, I am loved some of the time. I am loved when I don't get anxious. I am
1: loved when I do the right thing. But no, that's not it at all. I can't comprehend Christ's love, especially because it is uncomprehendable. So, uh, yes. Let's see. I am going to read a passage um, that is quite popular. Um,
0: and just really reflects on what I've learned this year. Let me find it. Sorry, I'm taking time to find it.
1: But, um, let's see. I'm just gonna read, I'm trying to figure out what to read. Um,
0: from this passage, but I'm just going to read the whole section because it's so good. So this is Romans 8, and the title is Life in the Spirit. So I'm going to start in verse 1 and end after verse 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Here's the kicker You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And then it says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. How crazy is that?
1: That we have the spirit of God
0: inside of us, and this spirit discerns, it sets its minds on things of the spirit, and It brings life and peace. I think this is just such a beautiful representation of what the kingdom of God is going to look like and how we can have the kingdom with us right here and right now. Anyway, I hope that was encouraging to you guys. Um, I know this has been good for me to just kind of like reflect on my year and things that I've learned. So yeah, Um, thanks guys for listening.
1: I love you all.